This is the show for digital creators by digital creators. Hosted by me, Dylan Schmidt, a Los Angeles-based content creator who loves to blend marketing, creativity, and business. Join in as we explore online entrepreneurship, creator best practices, and more. Each week, I'll bring you interviews with successful creators, tips and tricks for growing your online presence, and simple insights into the latest trends and strategies I'm seeing and using in the space. Welcome to Digital Podcaster. Rich, thank you so much for joining me today on Digital Podcaster. It is an absolute honor to have you here. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super pumped. Uh, I want to give your val- uh, value to your audience as much as humanly possible. But I know we were talking earlier. Uh, I'm I'm a fan, man. I'm absolutely a fan of of what you're doing in the podcast industry, the type of content you make, what you're going after. So, yeah, man, here to, here to help you win in any way possible. Same. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super glad we we're talking today. We had a little bit of recording difficulties. It's true. Even people that work in podcasting have trouble with <laughs> tech. You know, we're not immune totally. to it. If totally. anything, we probably have more issues because we're using it more. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to hop right in because there's so much we could talk about and we don't have time to cram it all in to the time we have. But who is Rich? It doesn't have to be podcasting career, like the Instagram bio, like how would you describe yourself and what you do, kind of who you are? I know it's a huge question to ask and you can't fit it all in like just a response, but like who is rich mm. to put it simply? Yeah, man. Um, I, I think the the couple of ways I would describe myself and I'll, I'll have to reference as a podcaster, I have to reference uh, one of my top guests, what he always says, and it's, his name's Andy Frisella. He says, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. And I, I think I really try and live by that in terms of rebelling against just the amount of information we get, the amount of distractions that are in our lives, the amount of things and opinions we feel like we need to fulfill for other people, the amount of incorrect truths about us that are projected on us at times. So the way I look at it is I just try and be extremely and fundamentally disciplined in a lot of areas of my life, whether it's family, whether it's, you know, my craft, whether it's my, my spirituality, whatever it is, I think leaning into that helps me, uh, lean into another kind of aspect of that personal excellence, which is addition through subtraction. Um, I know I'm sure you get approached a lot about, podcasting and content and all these other things. And it's like, how many people can you help? Especially if you're trying to run a business, how many people can you help for, you know, for free? The answer is like, you know, the content's free. Like there's, there's a beginning, <laughs> like there's your help. But the point is, you know, you have to be able to say no to a lot of things. And I think that's what I do. I say no to so much so that I could say yes to very, you know, finite amount of specific things that help me live a very fulfilled life. Fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. And that comes through. <laughs> That's just a mic drop, you know, just end it there. Well, thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> That's incredible and inspiring and all the things incredible. So, and that comes through and that's what I was going to say. It comes through in like your content. When I'm watching your content, it inspires me to do better, to be better and just like think bigger about it. And I think you and I are similar in some ways, like, you know, someone could take like a topic, like let's just say podcasting, for example, and they could just make it like podcasting. And then there's people who just seem to like take things deeper, you know, and yeah. there's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like an extreme thing that we do or something, but it's like, I can't just scratch the surface. Like, let's really see how far we can take this thing. Do you find yourself yeah. kind of similar? Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. How do you approach projects yeah, and, and like life. Just before we started recording, I was scarfing down lunch two minutes before the podcast, as podcasters always do, whether you're a guest or whether you're hosting. And I'm like thinking about something. And I was like, I'm glad Dylan didn't ask me to be on 10 minutes prior for a tech check. Although <laughs> ironically, <laughs> maybe we could have benefited today because we had issues. <laughs> totally. But I'm like, but immediately my mind goes, put that in my content idea list. Okay, because how many times have I been invited onto a podcast and they're like, submit to me all these things? And I'm like, come on, you know, or hey, we do 15 minutes tech check. I'm like, no way, you know, and I immediately think of something I've been through, something I think could be better, whether you could be a better host, whether you could be a better guest, whether you could be better at production, doesn't matter. And this doesn't have to be podcasting. And I just think of like, if it's a problem, 
if it causes problems, it's a problem. And I think you and I are aligned in the regard that that makes good content or at least valuable content. And I don't care about the views or whatever. I get plenty of DMs on LinkedIn and in Instagram that are like, dude, and I'm like, you're welcome. You know, like no problem. So uh, just I try never to have a veil over all the obstacles that prevent people from doing things that I adhere to or that I found success in. And I think that's just really just a way to go, man. Like just just be try and be an expert at your craft and don't stop. And I think you'll outlast a lot of the people that you and I kind of know, like, you know, just have those seasons where it's turbocharged and then it's like, don't see you for a few months. And I'm like, do you care or not? Yeah. Yeah. And you can't fake that caring, you know, you can't just like phone it in and be like, you know, I'm showing up today because people sense that, you know, they sense if you want to be there or not. Um, you said something that I just have to mention before, like a podcast recording, like we all do of like scarfing down something. I, when I was first recording digital podcaster, I would just schedule like interviews at any time. You know, I did, I just had more time in my schedule and it didn't matter when. And so I scheduled one at like, I think it was like 5am my time. I don't know what time it was for the other person. And I was like, got on the camera and I was like, whoa, I need to like shave real quick. So I shaved and like, this is literally like 60 seconds before the thing. And I cut myself and I'm like bleeding through the interview and she's just like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just didn't think I, you know, before this interview, I'm just going to shave and now I'm bleeding and it just wouldn't stop bleeding. It was so awkward. Uh, you Been said there. something like <laughs> I'm sorry I just had it there was no reason to that other than like I no man I, 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 I have to tell you this that's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned exactly that because I usually shave every morning or every other morning and I was like I knew I was going to be on here today but I didn't work out today uh, this mm-hmm. morning I was like decided to just kind of have like active rest or whatever so I just read I did caught up on some work and I like to shave after I work out so it's like pores are already kind of open then shower and then boom and i got it so i was like oh no i didn't shave and i literally thought like lunch or shave and i'm like lunch so i could have ended up here with uh, bleeding just as well and that would have been an even better story (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say though like the uh, is someone who is not that capable of growing like a cool looking like whatever that is like a little stubble Stubble is yeah. looking tight on you, man. Like, it's all right, good. let's go. Let's if if go. you're just listening, it's working for Rich right now. I'm just saying, <laughs> just picture it working. Uh, it's a lens. <laughs> so you, you said something that is something that I struggle with, and I know other people struggle with. It's been it's been an ongoing thing for me. I would love to hear how you approach this. Not that you have to have the perfect answer, but just how you approach it when it comes to helping people. You help a lot of people. You reach a lot of people. People reach out yeah. to you through the DMs. They want mm-hmm. things for free. How do you approach that line of you've got to run a business? You're extremely busy. You've got a family. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to work out. You've got to like pour into yourself. But there's also people that are reaching out through your DMs that are looking for something for free. You want to help them because you want to build relationships and networking and all that stuff. But obviously, that's not totally possible. How do you approach it? No. I mean, the content is free help. So it's like, I forget who said it. And I love this, man. I have to find it and send it to you on Instagram. But someone's like, waste your own time three times before you waste mine. And I'm like, oh, I love that meaning. Like, Google it, go through my content or ask someone else. You know what I mean? And then ask me. And if you've done that and you're like, dude, I still cannot get the answer as to why even with headphones on, I hear an echo or something random, right? And it's like, oh, cool. Like I've experienced that, but don't wait, waste someone else's time or waste your own time three times before you waste mine. And it's not to say that those people don't deserve answers, but you've already taken the time and you don't get paid to make content. Okay. I don't think you do. I don't, you know, right now, I mean, unless I get a podcast sponsor for our new podcast, which we will at some point, then like maybe it offsets. But even then I'm like the time it takes to, you know, get what's in here onto here is enough in my opinion. So, you know, 
there's there's Alex Ramosi always talks about the season of no. And I just had some people reach out about a LinkedIn post I did about how, you know, Amazon was the worst place on earth when I worked there for a couple of years, but it led me to entrepreneurship. Uh, but I was still a high performer while I was there. And I cannot tell you how many people are like, dude, can we talk? Like I'm in this position and I'm just like, I sent a voice note. I'm like, look, if you don't see yourself staying in that company for a long time. If you looking at your bosses and you're not inspired, and if you're looking at your boss's positions and you're like, I don't care if I would ever have that position or not, then it's probably time to go. You know, and I'll do something quick, but as far as like the like tactics and some of the other things, we're already taking the time and it's not our job. I, I think it's more important that we actually help people kind of like live up to their own potential by like letting them troubleshoot on their own instead of just like giving them what they need. It's like, dude, everyone is tugging at you for something. And I don't mean just business. Like my church needs someone to film tonight. My daughters need to be picked up from school later. Like the dog needs to be walked. Like I got to go pay this bill. Like there's everyone has so many different things going on. It's like, just use your presence of mind and have some empathy in advance for what that person is already trying to do before you try and just like pry them from something. So you get some freaking two minute advice, you know, just go take the time, man. Waste your own time first. Yeah. I, I love that. And one of the things I think that I struggle with around this is, you know, especially starting from scratch, having people reach out almost feels like a luxury. You're like, Whoa, people notice what I'm doing. They're like, thank you. I enjoy your stuff. And you're like, Oh, the validation kind of thing, you know, it's like, cool. Someone's vibing with it. It's good. And then it starts to hit like a tipping point where you're like, oh my gosh, the rate to continue and improve is different now. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't continue Mm -hmm. on replying to everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time that, that desire to just like, you know, thanks so much. And that's been my like new thing is just like keeping it really short and just, but acknowledging it too, because totally, you know, I want to, I'm not like personally getting so much that uh, it's, it's impossible to keep up with, you know? Sure. But at the same time, like I'm introverted and like social situations drain me most of the time for a simple response. Although podcasts to me don't something about the structure of them, but I agree with you a million. I'm I'm the same. (laughs) Really? Yeah. 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 Even the DM. Let me say one thing. Sorry if you don't mind, man. No, please don't. It's so rude to interrupt. It's so so rude to interrupt the host. (laughs) But um, I I, want to make it clear. Well, I was going to say Rich is. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I I just want to be super clear. And I think you're the same, like you captured it a little bit better is we're not against the engagement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But at some point as a business owner, I know, you know, exactly who you are put here to help. I know the same, right? And it's not a waste uh, to to serve people who don't fit that kind of avatar or ideal customer profile or whatever. But I always have to work towards that because that, to me, has proven to be incredibly more efficient. And it's like I'm I'm literally showing you. I don't. I'm, I, I take what I do very seriously, and I'm not interested in wasting your or my time. So let's just like I'm just kill it right there. So and and dude, it serves me well, very well. Yeah. And it probably weeds out the people. Yeah. Weeds out the conversations faster. Right. Yep. As, as I think of too, like I was thinking the other day, like if someone stopped me on the street and asked me the things that sometimes, you know, like, and I think there's something about the digital nature of things that makes it seem less intrusive to somebody. Cause you're like, Oh, it's asynchronous. You reply on your time. It's all good. But Virtually, like most people don't have my phone number. I have all notifications turned off on my phone for everything other than like an alarm because it, that's the problem with like asynchronous stuff is people ding you whenever you want, you know? And I'm like, I want to be unreachable mm-hmm. and reply on my yeah. time or else things get yeah. crazy. Um, totally. And people be like, hey, don't, don't you miss stuff or aren't you not seeing? I'm like, yeah. And that's the point. I, I want to miss it. I don't want to be in the know. Um, yeah. I'll go a long time without wearing an Apple watch. Cause it gives me anxiety of like seeing a little red dot. I'm like, I don't need the notification about something, you know? Totally. Um, Absolutely. So going back just a little bit, um, you are a Marine. You live in North Carolina. 
what's your credit card number? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <laughs> <personal information>. yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you mind sharing just a little bit about like the transition from active duty and forgive my like ignorance if I butcher the terms, I'm not trying to like mm-hmm. act like I know okay. exactly how it goes, but a little bit about active duty to like how you got into podcasting. What I did is there, there's not a podcasting part of the Marines, is there? Uh, not that I know of. There probably is now. I'd love to get that contract, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I retired in, believe it or not, 2015. So that was eight years ago. Um, I retired. Yeah. Yeah. That's forever ago, but, uh, (laughs) I went to Amazon for a couple years and during that time on Amazon, I was absolutely just a wreck, man. Um, I, I was, I don't even like to think about who I was at all, man. Like it actually makes me pretty sad because I was a workaholic, which I don't mind working. Uh, I was an operation. So I was very blue collar. I led, which made me really happy. I felt like I gave Amazon associates who forgive my language, man. Like they just get shit on and they just do the same thing for 10 hours straight interact and have mandatory overtime and have all these extended hours and have to work holidays, like all these things. So, you know, there's some of that. It's like they need a leader, but I didn't look up to anyone. I didn't like the system. I didn't like being there. And the only reason I stayed was because I was a, a new father. And I was like, I'm providing. This is it. Like, I work for a, the biggest globally known company in the world, arguably, probably. They're at the tip of the spear. And it's like, okay. And then anytime I wanted to get out, I would find weird ways to skyline myself for the wrong things. It's like, it was never intentional, but it was almost like a cry for help. So I was just like doing really stupid things. So without going in into too much detail, like there just came a point where I was always looking for a way out. And on the nights that I would just drink myself into oblivion, one night I came across Gary V and I was like, who the hell is this? And I, I, I mean, I always admit this, but at the beginning, I was just like, what? A, this dude's such a piece. Like, what the hell is this? You know? And then I was hooked. And then I saw this one where he's in front of a dumpster in Austin. And I was like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it. And he's talking about, you know, it doesn't matter what they think. And I'd have to find it for you, but it's, it's incredible two minute rant. And from there, everything started changing. I started kind of planning my exit. And then before I got fired, uh, before I could have got fired, I kind of quit. And, and I didn't have a plan to become an entrepreneur or anything like that, but I continued to consume his content. I got this course called full-time filmmaker by this awesome guy named Parker Wallback. I went to vid summit. I bought cameras with money I didn't have, and I was living with family rent free, you know, and, and I had to swallow all that. I had an MBA, dude. I was a retired Marine and all this other stuff and I'm getting to the point. Don't worry. But it was just like this, just this moment in time where you just knew you were changing everything forever. And I was not nearly as fearful as, as I should have been because I was kind of naive and at the same time relieved that I had just got out of a situation that was just killing me and my family. So uh, any, anything Gary V related involves making content still eight years later, right? And years before I even discovered him. So I started creating content and then I started podcasting, dude, in an, in the back room of my father-in-law's storage facility in total rural Virginia. And I started having guests on who were in this Gary V group called First in Line with Gary V. So I just started interviewing people because they were interesting. I interviewed, you know, this woman who, you know, had this mental illness and she got through it and became an entrepreneur because she started knitting. You know, like little things like that, man. I started interviewing other individuals and that's just kind of how it started. And like you, there is just something different about connecting with someone on this kind of platform, this kind of medium, this kind of vulnerability, this kind of intimacy. It's just better. Like I don't talk like this on my day-to-day interactions. And I appreciated that so much that I started a podcast I kind of got a better idea later. I started another one. Then I had a better idea, started that one. And that's when everything really started to change. But the medium itself was just sort of this 
release and and i i think i mentioned it earlier like not having <clears throat> not having a veil over anything it was just like the perfect way to kind of unmask unbox yourself a little bit and for the other person as well and, and that's where i like to live man so that's how it started and you had n- no previous content experience before that like creating no stuff? dude nothing like i didn't even get instagram till 2017 and i was like i mean all my area managers would use it i'm like i have no idea what the hell that is i don't want it i don't care and i'll never forget man like when i when my first content i started making was for linkedin and it was all about military transition i'm just like just let me think about what i know what can i talk about intelligently i could talk about the military transition because i've gone through it i am going through it so I started making content on LinkedIn like that. And back then it was really easy to kind of connect with people on LinkedIn. There wasn't like limits. And I think I added like a thousand connections a month and I was just creating content. Dude, I put a camera on a tripod in a park and I would just make it. I didn't care. And it started to work. And I was like, okay, like, I guess this is it. So I just did it. I, I didn't know what it was going to do or what it was supposed to do. I was just like, I'm just going to listen to this dude because I got his vibe. That's so cool. That's so cool because... <laughs> like almost on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I stopped paying attention in high school. Cause I'm like, I'm going to school for audio engineering. If it's not related to audio, I don't care about it. And yeah. that like dedication to something only made it bigger and more intimidating because mm. it was like, there's all these possibilities and it was like all these different types of microphones and all these words for things that like, I got to figure out all these things and you coming from like such a different background Going totally. into it is not something I hear often and something just so cool about it because you didn't get intimidated. Of course, you're a Marine, but like you didn't get intimidated by the jargon of like gain and, you know, different effects and and compressor and all these things because like it's crazy like cameras and Out of, dude, i've seen and your stuff <laughs> i've seen your video <laughs> where you're like here's how you use a blue yeti and you throw it in the trash that was my mic <laughs> dude that was my first mic dude Which, I, I, was just too, like, I think yeah yeah i did <laughs> yeah. but like it's just like yeah. you'd be surprised at what you could do when you don't have a choice i i, I didn't yeah. there was no time to think about that there's no time to think about how shitty my premiere pro edits were i was just like i don't know dude like here's the default transition i don't know like here you go like I just, yeah. there's no time. You just do it. Yeah. That was the difference. Yeah. That's the only difference. And then it's funny. Yeah. You give yourself time to figure it out and then it's almost harder because then you're like, well, which one is the right one? And then you start hitting rich in the DMS and it's like, maybe the key is, yeah. If you're, if your butt's not on the line, maybe it needs to be on the line for it to, yeah. to see quicker change. Cause burn the boats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if no one's paying attention, really, I feel like that's where s- stuff kind of slips, you know, it's like, oh, no one's going to see this or hear this. So I'll just take my time and make it perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, dude, I mean, look, I, I think you probably have some have had similar experiences with people you've worked with, but people, even people who create content right now who get into podcasting with us, we're just like, it doesn't matter like what you've done. Like it's going to take probably a good 50 episodes, but before you truly like find your voice, your vibe, your whatever. And like, and it, it, it will just click. And it's like, I try and manage that expectation up front because different mediums, different things, but like I could be dedicated, but I could be like Mr. Dedicated short form content. It's going to take a, a, a ton of reels before I really find my rhythm before I like the style, the font and, and you know, all the different things. But dude, repetition is just the key to all of this. And I think anyone, I mean, how, we used to have this, uh, I'll just be transparent here. Like we used to have this thing where we had 90 day agreements with clients. Like we would launch it and we'd have 24 episodes by them vid- uh, for them. Uh, they'd record them of course, but we'd have the video done. We'd have short form done. We'd have the audio done and published and everything. And that timeline was unbelievably and massively short. It put a lot of pressure on them and we didn't realize it. it put a lot of pressure on us and we didn't realize it. Meaning like at the end of month three, someone would be like, Oh, by the way, here's 24 episodes that we recorded over the weekend. I'm like, shit, now we're on the hook f- with you for the next three months. Cause it's going to take us forever. So I realized a lot of the flaws in the business model, but what I realized the most was like 24 episodes is nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. what, what in your life, Dylan, happens like m- has massive gains in 90 days or less? Like nothing. 
Like okay. unless you go on some sort of crash macro diet or I don't know what, or you do 75 hard back to back or whatever it is like, dude, nothing substantial in our world happens in 90 days or less. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. And I find that was a big thing, realization. Yeah. With same thing with like consulting clients where they'll be like, Oh cool. Like we'll do this call. And I'm like, we doesn't really matter. Like on this call, we'll, we'll set the foundation, but like we have to check back in because we got to see like what we say today is not the reality of what's going to happen in 60 days, 90 days, because that's going to be so different by then. And we have to tweak exactly. it again. Like you can't just, of course. That, yeah, it doesn't, it's like what actually happens. How, like, I find it so interesting how you're thinking behind this because you've worked with big names, you make great content and yeah, eight years ago is like, like eight years, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> I feel like this is some, some of the things I've been doing for longer. And I'm like, you talk like someone who's been doing it for 20 years, you know, um, <laughs> do you think it's the, <laughs> do you think it's the, the rate at which you've done things that has allowed you to learn more in less amount of time? Maybe. Um, so, I mean, like this is year four of entrepreneurship and we've gotten bigger every year and better clients, better everything, bigger team. But I, I'm going to just shout out um, my director of operations, Ellie. She was a virtual assistant for me just a couple of years ago. And now she's like a second head. I mean, like she she can have any conversation that I would have with any prospect, any client, any time and probably better than me. Um, so I think like I'm part gonna, of it is like the team. I'm going to edit that, that out. I'm going to edit that okay. part out. <laughs> yeah, Shout yeah. out Ellie. Leave her out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Ellie. <laughs> she's, the, she's the best, man. She's, she's, she's the best. And I know, and the funny thing is, man, like I, I just, at this point, like we've built so much more on top of like, you know, the, the, the kind of success we've had. I just feel like it, it's not even about like the employment. It's about like, this is something that can be special. So one, I would say it's the team. And two, the reason I mentioned her is because she always reminds me, you know, like the best entrepreneurs I've ever interviewed. I mean, like the big ones always talk about like, it's just 10 years of getting just like your butt kicked, you know? So like, I have to be reminded very often that like, no matter how much I want to surge, you know, that micro or that micro action, macro patience is real. It's just real, man. So, um, I, I, I'm feverish, uh, about like just trying to make sure that we're delivering, making sure that we're being one of our core values is be better. And it's like, be better for yourself, be better for the client, be better for the team, you know, just be better. And I think, that's what kind of maybe has accelerated uh, some some of the things that we do. But dude, I'll tell you, and I've gone to business school and I would love to say that that helped, but I felt like a complete outcast in there. I was like, I was at USC, man. Like I was like surrounded by people. I'm like, wow, they really get this stuff. Oh, they get a PNL. Oh, they get this and they get statistics. And I'm just like freaking the hell out the whole time. Um, I just think kind of back to what we were saying, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. Number one, like I just want to be excellent, man. I just want to try to be excellent. Okay. Like I cannot let my feelings get involved about like the failure, about how I'll look. I think you're the same way. The other thing is like we talked about repetitions and the other part is like the timeline just has to be long, man. Like nothing's going to pop off. Just, just whatever you think is good is going to be better two years down the road. If you and I talk in two years, I'm going to be like, dude, we would have probably already had dinner a couple of times, probably exchange some business ideas and be like, dude, how can I help? Because if you're in the same place that you are right now in two years, then we're probably not going to be in touch. We're probably not. Totally. Totally. This, I just started digital podcaster two years ago. So this like basically didn't ex even exist two years ago, this kind of thing I'm doing. And so, yeah, like a hundred percent. Um, there was like so much you said and I was like, Oh, I got to ask about that. I got to ask about that. <laughs> like, we're not gonna be able to fiddle this in. No, it's just, you're just dropping like so many great things. One, uh, you went to USC in, in Southern mm -hmm. California. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I went to, I uh, so I did that. Oh, I went, yeah. So I did the EMBA, uh, I was, it's San Diego and, uh, it was at, 
<laughs> it's so funny, man. Like I had to go to a private school. So I went there. My GI Bill didn't cover it, of course. So came out of pocket like an idiot. But uh, it was held at the La Costa Resort in San Diego. So it was like this unbelievable facility. And then from time to time, we'd go up to the actual campus in USC with the LA class. And it was really cool, man. But everyone was an executive already. You know, but there was, but there had been Marines who were retiring as well. And they were just like, dude, I'm like, how did some of them were pilots? I'm like, you guys are really good pilots. I was a pilot, but I was like, you guys are really good pilots, but you have all this business knowledge as well. So I was like, I just felt so out of place. So anyway, you could delete that part. But I mean, I just, dude, it was, I just don't even understand. Like, I don't think about that stuff anymore, I guess is what I want to tell you. I think this is really important for the audience. Like no matter how far back you think you are, you're ahead of a lot of people just in different ways. They might be at some really awesome corporate shit job that I would never take right now, ever. Like I'm unemployable, dude. No way I'm ever working for anyone again because I have burned the boats. Like this is it. This is it. And you know what? If it's not podcasting in two years, it could be something. It could literally be like a virtual assistant company. It could be an operations company. I don't care what it is, but like, I will figure it out. For sure. And I, not that it matters even me saying it, but I, of course, like anyone listening and myself, we like, we all know you will, like we can just tell, uh, (laughs) there's not a doubt in the mind. Like that certainty is everything. And that certainty is what started you and got you where you are today. Like, you know, it's to go from, from not doing what you do, like starting from scratch zero to what you've created today, working with the people you've worked with, like that doesn't happen by accident, you know, um, two things. One, I got to ask you first. I don't want to ask you first one, Ellie, um, all the things you said about her. I know there's people listening that are like, uh, how do I get that? Just like briefly, do you mind just speaking on like, how did, she gets so good. Like, did you was, I'm, I know she's amazing. It's not like, but did you, was there like a, how did she, how did you have that? So, a lot of people have problem outsourcing and delegating and getting help. Oh yeah, man. So, so how I found her, <laughs> this is, this, this is a podcasting story. I had a guy on who owned a virtual assistant company and I found out about him through a friend and the guy was sharp and it was him, his brother and his dad were running this company based out of Dallas. It's called rocket station. And they basically would train overseas VAs and then get them up to speed on like all different kinds of industries, and then you could hire them. So the agency, so basically I was paying $10 an hour. I was like, okay. So there was many times during that first year where I was like, I'm going to fire Ellie. Like I, I, I couldn't even like, you wouldn't believe how much she couldn't do, but you know what I realized? And now her and I are happy to have this conversation, but like a lot of it was me. I was so unfocused. I'm like new entrepreneur trying to figure it out. And we were a video business before we were like a media company that focused on video podcasting. So we pivoted just a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, she was in, in the thick of it with me. Now the, the agency, there was an operations manager over her who I would have a call with every like Friday or something. How's she doing? Blah, blah, blah. What's her rating? What isn't she doing? So there was kind of like an added layer of protection in case I didn't want to have those tough conversations, which is stupid. So as time went on, she got better and better. And I was like, wow. So our year was coming up and I was, I of course talked to her every day and I'm like, you know, what is your cut? You know what I'm paying? What's your cut? She's like half of that. I'm like, then why don't I just pay you more than that? And you work with me. We looked at the agreement and it's like, it's non-compete or whatever it's called. And I was like, shoot. So what I did was they sponsored my podcast and I had just, I happened to have the perfect lineup. I'm like, Hey guys, like the podcast is really taking off. I got Andy Frisella, Patrick, Bet David and Gary V in the next three weeks. And I was like, these are, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no one could talk about the importance of a VA for an entrepreneur better than me. And they're like, okay. And they're like, how much? And I was like, I just put out some ridiculous number. I'm like, I'm already getting uh, these kind of offers. And they're like, okay. So I think it was like $3,500 a month or something. And I knew, dude, if any, if they closed one client, if they closed one person from my podcast as a sponsor, the lifetime value of that was like, I don't know, somewhere of like $21,000. So it's a great deal for them. 7X, right? So I'm like, okay. So we did a three-month contract. 
that three months literally paid for me to buy out Ellie because it was 10 grand. <laughs> so I bought her out of the I bought her out of the contract. She came with me full time. And like there's no, no, no constrictions, no constraints or anything at this point. And she's getting a raise, like a good raise. Uh, you know, and she had gainful employment and and, and away we went. But um she she says when I I I thank her religiously and I just tell her how grateful I am for her. Uh, to answer your question, like on on a kind of a personal level, uh, from a leadership perspective, she says, "I just gave her the room to grow." I I really try and say, "I trust you," you know, "I trust you," "I trust you," and you know, after working together for so long, I mean, how can I not? How can I not? You know, with with someone who can go work for anyone at any other time, and a lot of people on our team. So I just really try and help them grow professionally, and just realize I I absolutely realize some of my podcast managers may be this might be just like something they're doing. I don't feel like they care that little, but no matter what, wherever they go next, they're probably going to blow everyone out of the water. So I think that's important. That comes from Amazon. That just comes from the Marine Corps as well, man. Like my associates were insane because I taught them all the things that no one would tell them. You know, the things that hourly associates shouldn't know. I'm like, hey, this is what this means. This is the numbers I'm looking at. This is why I have this another stupid fucking meeting right now, blah, 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 blah. And they actually cared. So it just kind of like created a culture. I'm not saying I've created this amazing culture in my own business. I'm just saying I try and just imagine what will make this the most valuable use of their time besides just the money. Yeah, that's fascinating. And the way you say that makes me think of how like the best managers, the best leaders, when they're managing a team, they're not managing for the point of like that person staying in that position. It's like managing from a point of growth. This person, just like how you said, like not going to be in the same spot in two years, but so many people fall into that trap of like, they are only capable of dealing here. They're going to stay here in this position and that's not fun for anybody. And that's not like no. growth oriented. Um, no nope. switching gears just for brief. Cause I know we got to hop in a second. Um, I got time, man. I got, I got extra time if you want, since we had a little, let me just yeah. look at my thing real quick. Hold on one sec. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. I'm good for an extra 10 or 15 if you want. That's totally okay. up to you. I'm not trying to yeah. encroach. No, I have a, um, cause my tidy cow thing and, and whatever. Uh, but we'll have to do like a second second sure. part in the future because uh, i got too much to, to ask you <laughs> um, okay w- what did you fly in the marines you said you were a pilot yes uh tack helicopters so uh uh1 yankee or yeah <laughs> the huey helicopter so is that uh, is uh yep nice nice yep. Yeah, i find like i didn't serve and mm-hmm. but i find especially like military piloting fascinating <laughs> and i'm not just saying that uh, mostly because the extreme presence required to fly something. Most of us don't have to deal with that level of presence required. We click a button, we hit, oh, let me hit command Z, undo. With flying something and lives are at stake, there's such another level of presence required. And then on top of that, Marines, which is another level of, you know, focus and all of the things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you find yourself and it might be hard because you're so it's like ingrained in you i guess uh Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. from your piloting that has carried over to like podcasting your life not just i'm not just talking about like the discipline but from like i guess layman's perspective if that's the right word um Mm That feels like a word that's like outdated for some reason, but I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. That's so funny. That's yeah, so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No millennials um, say that. You're so right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. It's like, that's been used once this year. Um, mm. <laughs> like I think of checklists. There's a book I read called yes. the checklist manifesto, but yeah, I think of yeah, checklists. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm not just joking when I think of like pilots and things like that. Like what are some things, procedures, how do you, 
what's your brain like if you can share it <laughs> that like might that. not be obvious no, dude, to us yeah it's like it's 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 like you basically answered it so so especially as a pilot i, I think i made content about this recently or it's coming out soon uh where it doesn't matter how many times you've started the aircraft you are not starting it without you're not starting it without a checklist you are not going to execute an emergency procedure and and to clarify like emergency procedure doesn't mean you're falling out of the sky it could just mean you have an indication uh it could be have something to do with oil it could have something to do with engine doesn't matter but like you do not do anything without referencing the checklist so in a way you know uh like layla hormozzi talks about your core values should run the business not your sops and i'm i'm slowly kind of moving in that direction like put put whatever you're about to do against our core values and see if it matches up however i think with the level of uh technical things that you and I might deal with, uh, whether audio or video or just even like the simplest, like editing or uploading or any of that stuff, we have found fundamentally that if there's an accompanying SOP or process or something that someone can reference, that's always the best thing. I'll give you a perfect example, man. How many times have you gone uh, to McDonald's and you might look and be like, dude, like, I wonder if any of these people even have driver's licenses. Like, you know, like, I, like it's, it's just like the staff, maybe by appearance alone, look maybe incompetent or whatever. But for some way, somehow they're able to get you exactly what you ordered some of the most of the time and this and that and they they got you the right change and this and whatever and the re- and wait a second at the end of the day all this stuff's going to go away the lights are going to go off they're going to lock up and they're going to set it all up again for tomorrow to do it again and it's all because of checklists it's all because of rules it's all because of a procedure so i have gotten away from the fact of trying to wing it no pun intended and just be like <laughs> you know what we're going to we're going to have processes for everything because if Dylan is someone who's looking for gainful employment and he's not necessarily qualified I like him I like his character I believe he could do well then this is the best way I could set him up and during the course of him executing this process that I think is pristine he might stumble upon something and be like hey Rich or hey Ellie or hey Zeki or whatever like this part is jacked up cool, but at least like 90% of the work is done. Okay. And I'm not trying to rob people of actually their independent thinking by having these things, but is it going to give them the best chance of success? Yes. So checklists, routines, even in my personal life, like getting up at four, working out, doing that, going, reading the Bible, doing whatever, like that momentum, that momentum is critical to like how my day goes. So checklists and routines are, are something that I just thrive off of. And I think that's something that's carried over, especially from that industry or that aspect of my military career to now. Do you think it's, I never thought about it this way. I don't think until now, do you think it's being able to spot where like the point of failure is? Cause I would imagine in a checklist for piloting, it's like, this is right. This like, you're getting like green lights. Yeah. You know, it's like, cool, 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 cool. Oh, okay. This is where, but like in in our regular kind of lives here, if we don't have a checklist or some type of SOP, it's like, what's going on? Like what's wrong here? And we can't spot where the point of failure might be. Is it kind of like that? Kind of. So it's really interesting. I I can tell you one thing for sure that our client recently, we've had some clients and if you're watching, sorry, too bad, but you know who you are. (laughs) Um, They, they, we, we've, we've outlined the processes I cannot make them follow it. Okay. Like we could do like Chris Doe always says, he's my business coach. Um, he always says like, you can be like a personal trainer. You could have the fitness plan, the nutrition plan or whatever. He's like, they got to lift the weights. So it's like, okay, like we can give them everything they need, but we can't record for them. And for whatever reason we've had, uh, the last few clients, even though they have amazing, bubbly, fantastic podcast personalities, in my opinion, they just cannot sit down to record. And I could tell it's just delaying and disrupting behavior, not just time management. There's certainly nerves around it. There's anxiety behind it. There's something about talking to a lens, but if they talk to me, it's a completely different story. So how do you make a process for that? Like, how, how do you, how do you systematize that? So what you do is, so what we've discovered is it's like, okay, we got to put ourselves in that person's shoes, like podcasting and, and your listeners know this is a side chick to a lot of people, right? Like it's not the main thing, dude. Like we, we kind of are playing with this brand called part-time podcaster because no one wants to be a full-time podcaster, 
part-time podcaster. Okay. Like how can you commit enough time to where your presence is full-time in the podcast world in terms of episode release information, the, the, uh, recency of the content, uh, where you're actually spending maybe two or three hours a month on it because you are a business owner or because you're a parent or because you're trying to launch a business or whatever it may be. So it's like, okay, how do we put ourselves in those person's shoes? And how can we systemize that, systematize that? So we just try and think, we try and meet all those objections head on. So if you and I were on a call, a discovery call, I'm like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We are going to be super enthusiastic about working with each other. You're going to sign an agreement. You're going to, I'm going to send you an invoice and then, and you're going to pay it and we're going to be ready. We're going to have an onboarding call and we're going to have a tech check. And then you're not going to record anything for a month. And here's why. And here's how you're going to get out of it. And here's how we're going to assist you. And, and it's just trying to meet those objections up front. And again, it's like, just like I was talking about earlier, uh, when I was like, I just put a content idea in my, in my content master list. It's the same thing for the customer journey. It's like, where are all the booby traps? Where are all the booby traps? And, and there's always new ones because every client's different. You know what I mean? One of them, um, had a, a, a newborn who's like, will not take a bottle. So she's literally like on her all the time. So she's like, how am I going to do this? So it's like, okay, new challenge. How can we think through this? Does it mean systematize? Not necessarily, but does it mean empathetically come up with a solution? Yes. And will we be, will be able, will we be able to reference that later? Yes. So I think that's what it is. You're, you're not going to be able to plan for everything, but the more you plan in advance and the more you capture those new things that you've had to troubleshoot through, the better, I, I, I believe it's just going to make you a better operator. It's just going to make for a way better client experience because you're going to be able to use those as kind of uh, case studies to ta- tell people when they fall on those problems as well. I'm trying so hard not to say anything, but I have to say, you said booby trap and then you said that story. <laughs> <laughs> I go, did he do this on purpose? That's genius. No, I that wish was- I would. Oh, man. <laughs> that is freaking incredible though. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we just had like, just an elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> that is so freaking good and getting ahead of those things and not being able to lift the weight because as determined as, as you and I both are, and as, as much as we want to succeed, it, seeing someone not succeeding, we're not making something a priority that they said that they were going to make a priority. You know, it feels like it bumps up against, uh, I'll say my own values, for example, where I'm like, I would do it this way. And it feels like the older I get, the more I have to realize like, you know what? I have my way of operating and other people have their own way of operating. And I can't expect everyone to operate my way and just kind of dealing with that, but also making it clear, you know, and fair for like, Hey, what's going on? How can I help? But at a certain point yeah. being like, you know what? It is what it is. Um, how, when you're creating say SOPs or, or, or checklists for, mm. for SOPs. Um, how do you find like, is there a right amount of information to capture? Is it bad to capture too much? Yeah. I, I, I like every possible freaking detail and my team's like, stop. I'm like, okay. But like, I just want it to be so foolproof. And part of it is because like as an entrepreneur, you always got to think of, you know, additional ways to monetize on certain things. So I'm like, this could literally be a product. You know what I mean? For all the people who don't want to take us up on something, I could be like, here's your podcast playbook for a one-time something of 10,000 bucks. You'll save, you know, 30 or 40,000 bucks instead of working with us and have fun with it. You know what I mean? I don't know. But yeah, there's certainly t- there's certainly a counterproductive amount, especially if like you never get a checklist done for a certain process and you're like, geez, man, like, can we do some of this other more important stuff? So yeah, uh, there is something I wanted to mention. Um, uh, and I, I, of course, I lost my train of thought. But there was something about the, the customer journey or experience. Uh, it, it is probably going to come back to me an hour from now and I'll just text you and you'll be like, dude, it's too late. <laughs> I'll read it in. I'll just, yeah, Rich but, said this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what the heck was it? Uh, oh, I, I think one of the best pieces of advice, um, I'm not trying to give you unsolicited advice. I'm just telling you something that's worked for me is, oh, that's what you said. You said it, it's like kind of pushes up against your own values. I'm telling you, dude, it's taken me a long time, 
a very long time to get over this, but when people don't do what they're paying us to do for them because they're not holding up their end of the bargain, Dylan, like I take it as a personal slight. And that's not how that's not how it works, man. You know what I mean? Like it's taken me a very, very long time to kind of get over that. I'm like, I put so much effort into this and blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, it doesn't matter how much I've done, how much we're willing to help. If they're not doing anything, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and, and I believe it's like, we're not even getting a chance. We're not getting the at bats to show you what we're capable of. And my business coach is like, okay, well, if they're paying you $5,000 a month, they're giving you 5,000 thank yous. And I'm like, Mm. okay. And then he says, he always says, ask more questions. Let me lead you to the answer. So if Dylan's not recording, I'm like, what do you think would be better about the environment? And then let them talk, let them talk, let them talk, let them talk. Just ask questions because the person who asks the most questions is actually leading the conversation. So it's like, I used to think like the more I vomit out the information and tell them all the ways to overcome X, Y, and Z is the best way. Dude, I had it all wrong. Just ask questions and let them arrive to the conclusion. Then they'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe something that wasn't apparent before. I found that with my business content clips, you know, like one thing I had to quickly let go of is like, I would nail something in my eyes of like an example clip from someone's podcast. And then, you know, they'd be like, awesome, awesome. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get on the call and then they would tell me like, actually, so we don't want it any how you did it, but like, we want it like this. And I was like, oh, well they said it was awesome. (laughs) And it took me a minute to realize like, just because they say it's awesome doesn't mean the thing that I thought was awesome about it, it might've just been like a a thing that wasn't present. Like we just liked how you communicated or we liked how you whatever and not like the design or something. So there's those (laughs) expectations of like, Oh, you know, and letting that go is it's freaking tough. Super hard. It's hard. You're passionate about it. And it's like care. If you didn't care, I, I, I think all the time, like it'd just be nice to be like, you know, not like, yeah, like not just, just dumb, but like, just sometimes just know like less, you know, that's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> totally, you know, uh, but totally. there's a balance of course, caring and making great work and not of course. over caring, of course. Um, amazing. I got a jet and I want yeah. to do a part two with you in the future. Sure. Uh, people usually say that I always feel trapped by it as a guest, honestly, because I'm like, if it was 50, 50, if I actually enjoyed being a guest, so I'm not going to hold you to it, but oh, I'm uh, down. I will find you live. Um, <laughs> 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 Rich is a Marine. He's the one I just joke with that about. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a pilot. Actually, wait, why don't you come to me? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, one last question yeah. in Rich in two years, where this, where, where do you want to be? <sighs> Somewhere I've never been. That's all I can say. It's not clear. It's not going to be here. It's not going to be at this level. I'll tell you that much. Somewhere I've never been. Nice. Well, I can't wait to witness it. I'll say watch it, but but hopefully I'm joining you there. <laughs> awesome. And where can people find out about yeah, all man. things rich besides the show notes where you'll get directly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just at rich Cardona underscore Instagram, uh, LinkedIn is like my, my first and foremost platform. But I, ever since I started making podcast content, like my reach is like deplorable, but my DMS are up. So that's good. But yeah, they're out oh, of YouTube and then YouTube, like I break down a lot of podcasting stuff on YouTube. We finally started doing like a A to Z, how to start a podcast, but this is in-person podcasting. So it's not like this. Okay. So it's, it's, I think really good information. So Rich Cardona, YouTube, you'll find me there. Thank you so much, Rich. It's been an honor. Yeah. Thank you.